Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to a PCF podcast. We believe listening to the Word of God will change your life. God bless you as you continue listening to this podcast. Well, today, yes, I want to talk to us about turning over a new leaf. In about the 1500s, this phrase was coined, turning over a new leaf, and you might have thought that in the old days it was taking the page of a book and turning it over. Well, some of us, <laughs> we don't even hardly look at a book anymore, and it's not turning the page of the Kindle either. Nowadays, turning over a new leaf might mean something different to us. Could it be that turning over a new leaf might be I want to behave a different way, or perhaps I want to clean up my lifestyle. Could turning over a new leaf mean, do you know what? I want to begin anew. I want to start again, start over. Have you ever tried this turning over a new leaf? It's quite difficult, isn't it? In some area of your life, you pick, you say, you know, I'd like to start fresh. Many of us understand that this means that we have to either start doing something or stop doing something, which isn't quite so easy. Many of us, we try to fix ourselves. We try to say, well, we're going to have good, moral, upright lives. And we we chase after that until we can't even keep up because how good is, is good enough? Then we think, oh, I want to pursue a lifestyle of um, being accepted and loving everybody and go out to be loving towards everybody. But somehow we get into these um, tricky relationships and maybe abusive relationships because we just want to love everyone and be accepted by everybody. Perhaps some of us try to fix ourselves by working harder, 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 We want to try and climb that corporate ladder and fix ourselves by doing another course, educating ourselves and getting burnt out. Some of us could find ourselves trying to turn over a new leaf or fix ourselves by doing, by trying to be good, by trying to give and give and give and give. But sometimes you give and give and give until there's nothing left of you. Trying to turn over a new leaf or fixing ourselves is quite hard. And to start doing things, to stop doing things, to clean up our act, spiritually speaking, is not the way the Bible tells us it's done. It's not the way it works. We can't fix ourselves. Jesus taught us that to turn over a new leaf To be saved would mean that we would need to be born again. An example of this is in John 3. We find a man called Nicodemus. He's having a conversation with Jesus. He came to him at night and he was questioning Jesus about this new life. How could you have a new life? You know, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was probably quite a moral man. Compared to most of the day, he would have been termed as a good man. But there was something inside him. He had a void. He had an emptiness. So he was talking to Jesus about this new life. And he speaks to him in John 3, 3. And Jesus says to him, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, 
you cannot see the kingdom of God. Without being born again, you can't see this new way of life, this not fixing yourself kind of life. Nicodemus is having this conversation and he's saying to Jesus, I'm confused. I don't know how this works. How can I be born anew? How can I go back into my mother's womb? So Jesus is so loving towards Nicodemus. He says, let me give you an example that you would understand. And he refers back to a scripture that Nicodemus would understand. Being a Pharisee, he, he would study the word. So he would understand what Jesus was saying. Let's have a look at the scripture that Jesus shares with Nicodemus. John 3, 14 to 16. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This refers back to a scripture in Numbers 21, verse 7 to 9. It all goes back to the Old Testament where Moses was leading the Israelites out from Egypt into the wilderness, and they were there for a very long time. The trip had got long. It was arduous. They were worn out. They were discouraged, and they started to complain. They complained against God. They complained against the leadership of Moses. They even complained that the food, the manner that they were given was disgusting. This really hurt God. And God viewed this as sin. And what happened was he let some serpents out which bit the Israelites and poisoned them. And some of them died. And Moses was heard by this. He said, I, I want my people to be saved. I want the Israelites to be saved. And he went to God and he said, how can we turn over a new leaf? How can we fix this? How can our people be brought back from this sin situation? And God said to Moses, what I want you to do is put a serpent up on a pole and raise that pole up. And the people that look towards that pole with the serpent on, they will be saved. This is interesting. This is what Jesus is telling Nicodemus. Nicodemus would understand that people that looked at that pole and the serpent would be saved. And they were. They were healed. Now Jesus is saying, the Son of Man will be lifted up. Jesus was going to be crucified. He was going to be put on a cross and he would carry the sin of the world. He was telling Nicodemus, if you look to me, then you will be saved. Then you can turn over that new leaf. This is the way that you get fixed, is that you look to Jesus and you believe that he is the one who can fix your life. Isaiah 45 verse 22 says it like this. Look to me and be saved, all you the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. See, there is only one that we can look to. Only Jesus can we look to and be saved when we believe that he is the one who can turn over this new leaf in our lives that can fix our lives. It's not even enough for us to just pray and say, oh, I've said a certain prayer and I've done the right thing and that's fixed me. No, it means that we have to 
look and we have to believe for the rest of our lives. Becoming born again. This is the question that Nicodemus was asking Jesus. Becoming born again, what does it mean? Well, think back to, you wouldn't, wouldn't remember much, but think back to your first birth. What part did you play in your first birth? You did have absolutely nothing to do with your first birth. You did not feel the pain. You did not carry you. You, you, you had nothing to do with your own birth. Somebody else did it for you. She, your mother, she carried all the pain. She did all the work. She did all the suffering at your birth. And similarly, this is how it is with the second birth. We don't have anything to do with it. It's Jesus that carried all our pain. It's Jesus that carried all the sickness. He paid the price so that we could have this second birth. It's, if we put it in another way, a simple way, Jesus took the rap for me. He took the rap for you. Being reborn spiritually, I want to tell you, is not just for the morally upright. It's not just for the Pharisee like Nicodemus, the religious person. It's for the person who is on drugs that's addicted to alcohol or porn. It's for the murderer. It's for the person that feels worthless, the person who got divorced. It's for everyone. Every single human being alive needs to be born again. We need to understand that Jesus is our leaf turner. We are not saved by fixing ourselves or doing. We are saved by looking at Jesus every day. Once you've looked at Jesus and you believe that he is your leaf turner, that he's the one that can give you new life, the new life begins. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Think about the first birth. Think about that baby that is first born. It comes out of the mother's womb. It opens up its eyes and it blinks and, and the light is overwhelming and it screams and it needs help. It's crying out, mother, please help me. And similarly, this is what happens to us in our second birth. We come out of this life of darkness, which is me fixing me, me doing my thing. And we are almost blinded by the light of Jesus, so bright, his goodness. And we raise up our hands and we say, Jesus, I need your help. Please come and fix me. From that point on, we live a different life. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. Is it a perfect life? No, it's not a perfect life. Are we totally free from sin? No, but we are new in Christ and we start to live a different life. It's different life. Well, what is it? Let's check it out in Galatians 2.20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So in the second birth, 
when we've looked to Jesus, we are now going to look to Jesus for the rest of our lives. It means that we are going to be 100% dependent on him. When we need help, we look to Jesus. You could say, well, what's next, Claire? I have acknowledged that Jesus is my Lord. I've looked to him. I believe. Well, Acts 2 verse 38 gives us some instructions. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So our sins are forgiven. In Acts, we've repented, our sins are forgiven. But now it says that we are going to be baptized. By looking at Jesus, the next step for us is to be baptized. It's a demonstration to the world and those around us and to ourselves and to God that we are going to be obedient and follow after him and do what he asks us to do. Water baptism is, in a sense, showing your allegiance to Jesus. These people who are being baptized today, that is what they will do. They will stand up, they will give a testimony of how Jesus spoke to them and ministered to them in their lives and they said, no, I want to be a follower of Jesus and then they will be baptized. But you may be asking, well, why the water? Why do we need to be immersed right into the water? Romans 6 verse 4 gives us some indication of why the water. Sharing in his, that's Jesus's death, by our baptism means that we are co-buried with him so that when the Father's glory raised Jesus Christ from the dead, we were also raised with him. We have been co-resurrected with him so that we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of life. When we are baptized, we identify with Christ's death and his resurrection. So what we're saying is when we are put into the water and we are immersed, is that when Jesus died and he went into the tomb, he died. But he didn't stay there, did he? He was resurrected and he is alive. And when we come out of the water, it's a demonstration of the newness of life that Christ has given to us. This is a symbolism of the burial of our old life and our resurrection to the new life that Christ gives us, not doing it by ourselves anymore. Jesus, he was baptized. If you have a look in Matthew 3, verse 13 to 17, John the Baptist, he baptized Jesus. Let's go and read what happened that day. Jesus left Galilee to come to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But when he waded into the water, John resisted him saying, why are you doing this? I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you. And yet you come to be baptized by me? Jesus replied, it is only right to do all that God requires. Then John baptized Jesus. And as Jesus rose up out of the water, the heavenly realm opened up over him and he saw the Holy Spirit descend out of heaven and rest upon him in the form of a dove. Then suddenly the voice of the father shouted from the sky saying, This is my son, the beloved. My greatest delight is in him. Here we can see that even Jesus 
was obedient to what the father wanted him to do. He wanted to do what God asked. The obedience of the people that are being baptized today is acknowledging God the Father is Lord over their lives. And, you know, today, even as they are being baptized, he is looking down on them and he says, oh, this is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter. I am so pleased with him. When we are baptized, it, it blesses our Father. In Jesus' obedience to be baptized, did you see what happened? The heavens opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him as if like a dove, not a real dove, but like a dove. The Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. Jesus needed the Holy Spirit. And so do we, by the way. This Holy Spirit empowered him. What did it empower him from? When he came out of the water, actually, you read on, Jesus went into the wilderness. He was there for 40 days. And during those 40 days, he was being tempted by the enemy. He was also fasting, so he had no food, he had no water. It was hot, it was dry. But the Holy Spirit empowered him to overcome the wilderness situation. Over, it helped him to overcome the enemy that was tempting him. And then as he left this wilderness desert situation, it says in Luke 4 that he went out in the power. He was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for us too. When we come out of our baptism, we can expect the Holy Spirit to come upon us to be filled and empowered. Let's go back and have a look at Acts 2 verse 38, Peter replied, Each of you must repent from your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. See that part? Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Romans 6, 4 says this again. It says, We have been co-resurrected with him so that we can be empowered to walk in the freshness of life. Empowered. This walk, walking with Jesus, our Christian walk, is just like that baby illustration I gave you earlier. Let's go back to thinking like that. When you are first born, do you suddenly become a parent, a 21-year-old, a CEO of a company? No, there's lots of processes in between to get to that place. There's skinned knees, there's mess, there's dirty nappies, there's development, there's growth. And that's just how it is with our spiritual walk with Jesus. You don't just suddenly become perfect. You just don't suddenly, there's no sin. There will be mess. There will be dirty nappies. There will be skin knees, but there will be development and there will be growth. And this is where we need the gift of the Holy Spirit to empower us. When we are baptized and we're born again, we should be expecting the gift of the Holy Spirit to empower us so he will help us grow, so he will help us in our journey to become the person that Jesus wants us to be. Jesus was quite clear. He told his disciples in John 15, 5, he said, Without me, you can do nothing. 
In Philippians 4.13, the Apostle Paul, he also said, he said, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. The Holy Spirit is the only one that can come alongside us and, and help us. In John 14, verse 16 to 7, Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. He will give you this helper to be with you forever. The helper is the spirit of truth. Today we are going to be praying for those that are being baptized that they would be empowered by the Holy Spirit so they can have a victorious life, so that they can turn over the new leaf with Jesus, that they can have a new life. Do you know, what about you? Do you think it's too late? What about your life? It's interesting how when we looked at those verses over and over, none of them said, clean up your act, turn over a new leaf yourself. They talk about a spiritual renewal. It's orchestrated by God and we just believe and have faith that he will help us on this journey. It's not about my efforts to change my own life, to undo lifelong patterns of wrong thinking, behavior, and cycles and cycles of unproductive frustration. Yes, it is necessary for us to turn over a new leaf, but we need to understand that Jesus is our leaf turner. Today's baptism is this physical demonstration of that, and it's an empowerment day. But what about you? It's never too late. There's always chance for a new beginning. Do you know, over and over in the Bible, you just see it where there's these disastrous, tragic stories that could go horribly wrong. But then Jesus start, steps in and, and God steps in and there's chance for new beginnings. With every biblical fresh start, God is there. He wants to give us new beginnings. They are not the exception. They are the rule. He wants to give you a fresh start. God loves you and he's offering this to you. You on the other side of the screen. He loves you and he wants you to have a new beginning. It's the very reason that Jesus came to this earth. If you're saying, oh, there is nothing that can fix me. It's just too late. It's too far gone. Let me tell you, God's response is no. <laughs> That's just the right time today. Let's do it. Let's start over. Let Jesus be your leaf turner. I want to pray for those who are saying it's too late, but do you know what? I want a new beginning. Father God, you know who's listening into the service today and you know who needs a new beginning. You know who the person is that's saying, Jesus, today I can't fix myself. I want you to be my leaf turner. Lord, I pray that you would touch them, that you would minister to them right where they're at. I pray, Lord, that you would give them the courage to look to Jesus and to believe, to take up the Bible and to start reading and believing that you are the one that can turn their life around. Thank you, Jesus, for coming. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for giving us the option of having a new life in you. Thank you.
Bless these people, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. If that's you today, there's an email on the screen. It's something that you can write into us and let us know then say, I made a decision today to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I made a decision to look to him for the rest of my life and for him to fix me, not me fix myself. I want to bless you today. You have a wonderful time. We have going to have an awesome time celebrating with those that have been baptized and eating lots of cake. But we'll see you next week and have a lovely Sunday. God bless and bye.